welcome to the Nate and Dorn podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we're here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate, and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I am Doran, the videographer, solo entrepreneur offering video production services. And today we are going to share the things that have helped us grow as videographers and video editors and why it's important for us to keep learning, finding inspiration, and fostering creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting um, kind of brainstorming this concept uh, with you, Nate, because I realized that uh, we're a bit diverse here. You definitely have more of a style to your videos, and I realized that I actually don't. So it was uh, <laughs> it was... I'm a bit nervous uh, on uh, what I'm going to talk about here on this topic, but um, I think it's better if I just let you kind of start it off because you definitely have a lot of sources of inspiration. So why don't you share some of those Mm -hmm. with us? Okay. Um, Well, one of my favorite aesthetics is um, futurism and retro futurism. So anything like cyberpunk, cyberpunk, that kind of style I really gravitate towards. So this whole movement of like synth wave and the eighties nostalgia, Mm. I'm just loving it. Like stranger things, Kung Fury, um, those kind of. Oh yeah. I love those too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awesome. I I love it. Games are doing that too. Then, um, whatchamacallit, didn't, um, not crisis. Um, CD project red released, uh, hmm. cyberpunk 2077. Oh yeah, that's that's a really recent a one. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all over the place. So, um, hmm. I, although that doesn't really, I don't really shoot videos that style. That still inspires me. Hmm. And, um, so artists like, uh, and we'll we'll put links to these in the description so you can check them out for yourself. Um, but Ash Thorpe, he actually does a lot of um, concept art for like for example the the new batman movie coming up he did the design for the new batmobile uh he's done some concept work for star wars um he does a lot of cars uh like he he was designing some with ken block who's done those jim Connor series so he he kind of inspires me in how he's always learning more like he's i follow him on instagram he's got a, a podcast as well um, so he's always interviewing fellow creatives and seeing what the process is. And I think the key to his success is he's always learning new things and he's working at it every day. He doesn't lull. He doesn't take breaks. He's always on top of it. Uh, and I think that's a recurring theme. And a lot of the people I'm inspired by is their drive and their consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I just remembered another game that kind of did the retro thing, uh, Far Cry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when when did you get uh, inspired by that? When did you start noticing that stuff? Was it before you were into video editing? Was it uh, a process that you were doing trying to find different styles and you came across this trying to look for it? Or how did you come about it? Well, yeah, I think maybe five to seven years ago when I was starting to get more serious into video, um, I I definitely seeked out different artists. Um, another one, Jazz Davis, he's done videos for Skrillex, the DJ. Um, so a lot of Skrillex's tour videos, like when he went to Mexico or Japan or whatever, um, Jazz would tag along and film everything and make these really trippy, uh, innovative videos um, shooting with like ultraviolet filters. Have you seen that, Doran? Um, yeah, I, I think I've seen that on uh, one of the guys that I watch. Philip Bloom did something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like different cool techniques, um, shooting on like an old handheld um, like VHS style camcorder four by three so it looks like it's filmed in the 90s just like always trying unique cool things um yeah so i think i was just looking for inspiration i'm looking on instagram seeing like who's doing the videos that i'm enjoying watching and then 
finding more of the, the work that that person's done. That's kind of how I've found that inspiration, I think. Cool. So is that like one of your earliest inspirations? Is that, or is that the one that's most uh, kind of meaningful to you that drives you the most? Probably the earliest. Um, I'm always looking for, for more inspiration. Um, yeah, I really think that it's not so much the content that the person is putting out, but like the dedication to their craft. So even if it's some, not something that I'm like striving to do, like exactly, like I'm not trying to learn how to model photorealistic car designs, but I follow him because I love seeing the passion that he, like you can tell the passion that comes through his work. Um, yeah, so it's more the, the drive to hone their skills and not just sit back and rely on, oh, you know, I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. I'll just keep doing that. It's working. Yeah, that is uh, an interesting thing as a uh, video professional. You have this choice of like, do you find a niche and you just stick in it and never kind of spread your wings beyond it? Or do you look to challenge yourself? And uh, I think it comes down to how creative of a drive you have. Um, and it's something that for me personally, kind of comes in waves or phases, I guess, like maybe once summer, I feel super creative and I want to try new things. But then if my life gets too busy, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna like focus on what I know. And because uh, that, that's, I think that's one interesting thing between like, for example, as a freelancer, I don't have much uh, say into the style of video in corporate work. Because in corporate work, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, we don't like this transition. We need this transition. Uh, we don't want fancy text. We want this simple stuff. You have to use our graphics. You have to animate them the way we want. So the only time I've uh, had a chance to stylize and figure something out was, uh, I guess, wedding videos or um, maybe some promo videos for some businesses. Mm. So it's also um, interesting how sometimes uh, you how you figure out if you're a creative or not. Remember we were talking in episode one when we were uh, discussing how uh, we first started out that the workplace that we worked at really kind of pushed us and gave us the opportunity to be creative, to create like an intro or here start uh, figuring out how to work a green screen and... Uh, I thought that was a, a helpful thing to have an employer that gave you that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's key to maintaining and keeping your, your employees happy is you want to give them space to grow. You want to let them learn new skills so that they become more valuable to you. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Um, so that's the... Uh, Futuristic retro, did you say? Yeah, retro futurism. Mm. What what else uh, inspires you, Nate? Mm, what else inspires me? Oh, um, you and your shooting oh. style. Because definitely thinking back on last week's episode when we looked at some of our older videos, um, mm. you definitely had something in mind because uh, like it, uh, in my videos, stuff was maybe kind of randomly thrown in or very like basically done, but you had like specific transitions and specific effects uh, like that double exposure. For example, that double, double exposure, did, did you come up with that or you saw another person do it and that inspired you to style your video that way? I think that one, I just kind of ran out of ideas of what to put next in the video. So I just was like, oh, let's try a few a few of these different effects. I knew I had something dark and like a silhouette. Um, so I might have been subconsciously inspired by like the true detective intro for season one that used double exposure really well. Um, but in that specific video, I, I don't think I was trying to go for a specific look, I was just messing around with a few different uh, blending modes and it turned out pretty cool. So, yeah, you, so you've, you've had this moment where 
you go and try every single effect in Premiere and After Effects just to see what it does. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really that's, fun. It's a great way to learn. I actually had a um, like a uh, a friend, uh, a younger friend that just graduated high school and is thinking of doing uh, videography. And he was sharing with me one of the YouTubers that uh, he likes the style of videos. And um, he, he was showing me, he's like, oh, man, I love the way he does this transition. And I went through one of those moments where, like, I see it. I'm like, I know that effect. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can recreate it for you in five minutes. He's like, no way you can do this cool looking thing. And I went through the first two things that I thought it was, and it wasn't that, and it turned out it was a, um, he did a transition using a color key. So uh, he would use like the blue sky or something, and it, it, he would do mm -hmm. like a really unfeathered version. So it would look like the, whatever you're keying out pixelates out kind of, you know? Hmm. So I don't remember the name of that channel. Um, this was a few months ago, but I remember uh, uh, kind of being energized by this young fellow that's like, oh, I love this style. I'm like, oh, I wonder, show me. And then I'm like, oh, I recognize that effect. I know it. And I'm like, yeah, it's easy to do. It's just a thing you slide and that's it. He's like, no, it doesn't take you like half an hour to do it. I'm like, no, man. <laughs> if it did, these guys wouldn't be doing it because it's not time efficient. <laughs> or if they mm. did do it, it's a preset. So let me ask you this, Nate. Um, since you've taken up video, have you been able to watch other people's videos or movies the same way? Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> <laughs> what has changed? Uh, I... I have a really hard time suspending disbelief when watching CGI stuff. I'm always like subconsciously looking at the eyes, looking at the pores, seeing if the pores stretch, like all these little details that I'm like. Are you talking okay, about a full CGI or a, a background CGI on a live action? Oh, both. Like, hmm. um, I think it's easier it's more distracting for me when it's like a human face cgi oh yeah like when they're trying to do a, a deep fake or like a face replacement or a de-aging like oh it's... yeah terminator <laughs> <laughs> terminator rogue one like yeah. when they're trying to do digital doubles it just throws me off and it's yeah. unless it's absolutely perfect i will it totally jars me yeah. and i'm like oh ruins immersion there Oh, yeah, so I think maybe but, if but, I wasn't. But here's the thing, if 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 it would have been 1998, Nate, he would have been like, "Oh, how did they do that? That looks so cool." <laughs> yeah, probably would have just been more. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So. I I remember uh, noticing uh, a poorly done uh, green screen key on uh, Avengers, um, which one was it? The um, Black Panther one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like- I don't know Marvel at all, so- Yeah, no, they, right they, they did like, like it was visibly bad. Like all the critics were like, it's too obvious. I think it's the guy's hair was creating some problems. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I think they also rushed release it. So, oh, cutting corners, and oh, there you go, breaking immersion. Have you ever caught, like, um, when they do, uh, it's not a blooper, um, like when a staff member or, you know, the boom dips in or one of those gaffes? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I notice them, but sometimes I, I don't, for sure. I notice those a lot, not in movies, um but in uh in like pro videos you know mm. like uh i follow a couple of uh, facebook groups of videographers and uh, uh they post like their stuff and these guys some of these guys have been doing it for 10 years and they're like oh here's my uh hundred thousand uh, dollar video project i did for this company and i'm like i can see your reflection in the window that's a rookie uh, mistake come on yeah 
Yeah, whenever I'm watching real estate videos, it's the same thing. If I see a reflection of the some the person walking or using their slider, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. can't unnotice. <laughs> so definitely, I've I've definitely gotten to the point where I like can't watch a movie, like unless I'm very immersed in the plot, then I'll kind of ignore my video senses. Let's just call them that. But mm -hmm. if if it's something that I like don't want to take too seriously i'm like deconstructing their scenes every time i'm like all right this is probably the focal length that they used and this is uh probably the lighting sources and uh oh that's an interesting angle and i wonder how far apart they were and <laughs> that's <laughs> my head it's kind of like i guess for an audio person uh for like a music composer listening to a new song they're not listening to it they're like oh okay i can replicate that melody on the piano by listening to it or this is what plugins they used i've actually had that I, and i'm not an yeah. audio person but sometimes like i like when i first heard bass hunter i'm like i know exactly what synthetic pad you used because it's the default one in fruity loops <laughs> <laughs> and then i find a tutorial of him like doing it i'm like yeah i knew it <laughs> um but anyway, let's just, sorry, we kind of went on a tangent there, but that's what the podcast is about, you know? Let's see where the conversation goes. But th thinking back on uh, inspiration and uh, creativity sources for us, um, so you had mentioned yours. With, with me, here's, here's the thing with me. I kind of didn't jump on board of following different uh, influencers and kind of watching their styles because I noticed that every other YouTuber would try and imitate them. And that kind of ruined it for me. You know, that kind of made me not want to do that because it's like, it's well, it's like telling it, like hearing a joke and telling it a hundred times. And it's like, eh. <laughs> it's not as efficient as or effective as the first time. Mm. so um and and even uh like i said those uh, facebook videographer groups um some of these people that are just starting out uh, if, if there's one advice i can give right now to people starting out is don't try to oversaturate your style at the beginning try and evolve it going from simple steps moving forward but don't try instantly doing like every transition in the book <laughs> Yes, too many transitions is a common thing I see with uh, beginners as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do that in an episode. We'll have to uh, go and take a look at some uh, some of these guys and uh, uh, give like a, a feedback video, you know, a critique mm. video, because we did ourselves. So uh, it's only natural mm. that we move on to others. Uh, who knows? Maybe some of our viewers will uh, will ask for some uh, feedback. Mm. So. In terms of inspiration, does here's a kind of like how your brain's wired type of thing. When you're making a video for your channel, do you pick the music track first and make the footage match it? Or do you see what footage you have and try and visualize music afterwards? I always... Well, after I import all the clips, I'll go through, find my favorites, in and out them, and then I can't start building a timeline until I've got the music chosen. Hmm. I think definitely the flow of the music dictates everything else in the edit. Hmm. Are you the same way? Yeah, I uh, I am. For for my personal videos, yes. For the, or for stuff that I would have artistic freedom on. Um, However, again, corporate and freelance world sometimes forces me to, okay, the video has to be a minute and you have to include all of these shots. And then it's like, okay, find a background music that works with this. And the music is more there for accompanying the video and not driving it forward, you know? So you don't have mm -hmm. to edit stuff to the beat. You just have to have a little thing in the background because the person's like there's a narrator that's taking over the attention, not the music, right? Mm -hmm. So I've, I've had a bit of both. Um, 
but definitely thinking back on when I do do a video, it's, I hear the music and because I know the video clips, I visualize them like, oh, I know exactly how to transition this into this moment in the music, mm -hmm. especially for, um, for weddings. So when I edit a wedding video, yeah, I, uh, I have to pick the music first and then I have to choose from all the uh, shots. And sometimes the music will help me figure out which shot to use. Cause it's like, I don't know if you've had this problem, but it's like, okay, I need a three minute video. I have 10 minutes of clips and they're all good. How do you choose at that point? It's mm -hmm. like, okay, well this one's good, but this one matches the flow of the music better. Mm -hmm. And how it fits in with the clip before and after too. Yeah, there's like, you know, it's zooming out or it's motion. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have like zooming out, then zooming out, then zooming out. It just looks weird. Yeah. That's uh, that's another tricky thing to do when you have a defined style because um, some people have a filming style, right? Not everything is done in post. Some people film certain things like a, like a wedding uh, a cinematographer will um plan certain shots and do a gimbal motion a certain way but if he does that gimbal motion for all the shots that becomes very redundant and boring right yeah so at some point with enough experience and experimentation or through influencers that you watch online or other professionals you can develop a style and know like okay for all the shots today i want to get this motion three times and then this one three times and then this one three times and then I know I can mix them all together so, mm. so at that point your style is very organized and you have to be very disciplined yeah you have to shoot with the edit in mind mm. right yeah you got your intro and then it's always so great if like if you have a plan where you know shoot the first shot and then you pan to the left and then to start the next shot on the storyboard you pan you know from right to the left so that you can merge them together and it looks like the camera's just whoosh mm. and it's like it only works when you film it that way mm. if you do just a slide transition it's not the same yeah i, I remember first time i saw that was a real estate video and they were transitioning for from room to room doing that and uh, bypassing going down a hallway which doesn't look as appealing instead it's mm. like one room after another and it, it was like uh it, it helped with uh grabbing the attention you know it kept mm. me wanting to watch that video um i remember you when we were working together at that place uh you showed me a guy that was doing a lot of cool transitions i can't remember the name but uh he like went from a city um setting to like a cave and the transition was like a skateboard do you remember that video <laughs> city to a cave with a skateboard yeah mm. like he was skateboarding in the city and somehow the skateboard kind of went in front of the camera and he was like now like somewhere in a uh in one of those canyons the like orange canyons in the u.s oh okay um this is one of your influencers that you're watching one of your yeah, YouTube I think it's guys. one of those yeah. uh, insane skateboarders. Mm, yeah. Who does like a lot of flatland and like tricks on the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What's his name? Yeah, you know him. Uh, I know him. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I guess that's one thing that will help you realize if you're creative and if, if it's, if this stylized and artistic stuff is for you is if you watch it, you like it. And if you follow along in figuring out how to do it, like sure you can watch tutorials and you can do exactly what the person is showing you how to do it. But if it doesn't click with you, like we mentioned just earlier, like to know how to mm -hmm. film, to get it, to know like if everything doesn't kind of come not naturally, but logically, I would say, because um, some stuff uh, like I have learned, but after I kind of forced myself to practice a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> I do know uh, a video professional that 
just doesn't want to be uh, creative. Um, they're very happy with doing very just simple uh, but effective, you know, uh, like multi-camera live streams. And I don't need to edit. I don't need to do intros. I don't need to do uh, any of the fancy stuff. And, you know, his business is booming. So good for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're content doing the same thing over and over, if you don't have that, like, creative itch, that you need to scratch then you know go for it but um i think that creativity can drive you to learn those more valuable skills that you might need down the road mm -hmm. so i think it's a it's a tool you can or like a muscle you can the more you exercise it the stronger you can get yeah that's it's a good way of looking at it oh and that skateboarder is killian martin and the filmmaker is Brett Novak. I just had to look that up because it was... There you go. Easy. So, yeah, check those videos out. They're so creative. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, the transitions are awesome. Super cool. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what, what else can you say about your sources of inspiration? Like, have you found any source of inspiration in a place you didn't think of looking. Hmm. I think sometimes when I'm like shooting with somebody else and seeing how they approach the situation, that can inspire me when I'm not looking for it. Like if I'm second shooter at a wedding and I see you know what kind of angles and if they're doing a pull focus or something the other the other guy's doing i'm like oh i wonder how that'll look and then when i see the finished edit and i see their shot in there i'm like oh that inspires me to you know think outside the box or that's a good angle i should try next time um you know imitation mm -hmm. is the most sincere form of flattery is that what they say yeah sounds about right <laughs> so trying to pick up uh, or not even trying you know just being around other creative people or uh, filmmakers can inspire you in ways you didn't know just by seeing, watching how they work. Have you ever been in a position to inspire someone? Like, have you had any uh, comments uh, for your work and like, oh, how'd you do that? I want to learn how to do that. Yeah, I think a few times. Um, it hasn't been from other filmmakers, I don't think, but other people have watch my work and then they they messaged me like hey man that, that was such a cool shot or i have no idea how you how you did that and then mm -hmm. i would like be like oh actually this is how i did it and kind of explain it to them and then they're like oh that's really cool i i don't know much about video but now i kind of want to learn more because you mm -hmm. know what you're what you're telling me that sounds really cool it's kind of like that story that you told me of that uh younger kid who thought that effect was super complicated and you're like oh no i can do that in five minutes mm -hmm. because you know yeah, yeah that was experience that helped me um see that was interesting because that's not something i've done or have seen prior to that i remember i watched one music video clip when i went to romania like six years ago and they had it was an mtv it was like the Romanian MTV. I can't remember what that TV channel was called. But anyway, there's this European artist. And I have no idea how to look him up because I didn't remember anything. I was on my honeymoon. So, you know, I had other things on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but what they did in that video absolutely made me go like, oh, oh. Uh, I, I was kind of cringing, but I was kind of admiring the creativity because what they did, the guy was like dancing and moving around and stuff, and they did a face track and stabilize on the face. So the face was completely locked and everything else was distorted and warped, And but that was the effect they were going for. So normally, if you shoot something, let's say for a corporate video or for a wedding, and the stabilize looks wonky you're gonna have to scrap that clipper like 50 percent less on the stabilize and go for a half shake or something right mm -hmm. but this person in a music video clip just went full on like they were completely still but like moving their head around but it looked like it was like held in place with a contraption mm -hmm. but nothing was there and the background was just jumping everywhere and i instantly recognized i'm like that's a warp 
stabilize. And you guys are brilliant? Oh. Using it for not its intended purpose? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I noticed, uh, I noticed uh, just last week, I noticed a music video that did another thing. There's uh, the morph cut or morph transition tool in After Effects. And they were creating a trippy effect where, um, like, let's say I take my phone and I move it here. And then the next frame, like, my phone is pixelated and dissolving, but it's actually, like, the colors are still there, but the movement, everything shifts to a different setting. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's the morph. But I remember looking up their behind the scenes or uh, their explainer video, and uh, and they're just using a morph transition, purposely breaking it to create a meltdown effect or something like a complete video meltdown, like artifacting whatever. And I was like, man, like that inspires me to do it, but I know I have to put in the mental effort of what we were talking about earlier, like go through effects, mm. see what their intended use is, think outside the box, <laughs> see how you can break it. Okay, this is how it looks broken. How can I use this? So I think that's a mentality that I, I have not approached in my videos and maybe it's time that I should, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because it's easy to get stuck in the same rut, you know, just following the same formula. This is how I do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like you say, it, t- it takes a lot more mental effort to purposefully go out of that way, go mm-hmm. out of your way to try those new things. Yeah, like you have to accept like, okay, maybe it'll take me five minutes, maybe it'll take me five hours, but I'm going to play with this plug-in or transition or effect or whatever until I have something unique. Mm. So uh, either that or you visualize like, oh, it would be cool to have a meltdown effect and then like, okay, how can I achieve this? Um, I think I've had a few of those moments when like a client asks me to do something like that where I'm like, okay, I have to look up how to do this (laughs) and it's either easy to do or I need to buy buy a plugin. And it's like, nope, not doing it. (laughs) Oh man. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun having your own style and it's something that here's another interesting thing. It's, it's always evolving as well. Because like we were saying, either you stick in one place and you say like, okay, I developed the style and this is what I'm sticking with. But your viewership or your brand is eventually going to get old doing that. Like if we look at big brands, they're always changing their design. They're always changing the way they're doing a promo, the way they're doing a slogan. They like vary it. Um, So I guess from a business point of view, the more defined of a style and the more you know, uh, nuanced it is from every now and a while, uh, the more memorable and standout it will be, right? Because every time you add something new, you add interest back into your product, right? Or into your image, into your brand. Hmm. I think it depends what it is, though. Like like Nike is never going to change their swoosh logo. Not their logo, but they're always changing the the designs of their shoes. They're not selling the identical same shoe model from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. They're adding like like new curves or new different stitching or, you know, that's what Mm -hmm. I mean. Okay. So so not not a a brand's core identity, their logo that has to be recognizable, but that's just a little thing on the bigger shoe that's like, whoa. That's mm-hmm. a Nike shoe? Yeah, it's the newest one. Like, wow, I've never seen one like it. Like, exactly. Now you want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's the same thing with a lot of producers and, uh, like, musical artists. They'll release an album, and typically it seems like they'll either kind of crank out more of all the same 
or they'll evolve their sound and sometimes they'll lose fans for that sometimes they'll gain fans but uh, they 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 try new things like i think of skrillex when he came out with like bro step and kind of the dubstep scene and then you know he's collaborating with justin bieber and doing like more (laughs) pop stuff and some people are like ah get back to your old stuff but he just like keeps on evolving and he's done so much of like all different types of music and that's like wow he's just doing things for him you know Mm -hmm. he's honing his craft he's he's doing whatever he's not just sticking with oh people back in 2010 loved this style so i'm gonna stick with that i think that when you stagnate like that it's you're not gonna be happy and you're eventually gonna grow tired of it and other people are gonna grow tired of it too Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's an interesting question for you. Have you... What, one place, I guess I'll just answer my... I'll, or I'll give input to what I asked you earlier. Like, have you ever been inspired from places you didn't think you'd be inspired? And I have from a certain place, uh, especially recently in the last year. Um, memes. memes are just goofy and silly but some people that are video editors have taken up some memes and created masterpieces i can't call them any other way and it's like and and it's i i always it's you know it's inspirational because when you look at the comments the most top rated comment is i can't believe you spent this much amount of time for a meme just for like a joke but you went so full on on the creativity that it's like i admire you for it Mm. and i've seen memes that i know would be a challenge for me to do because they're so like well done it's like ridiculous like I, i remember first time i saw a video that took other memes of like people doing like a sound like someone's dropping a pipe or someone's getting slapped by a fish or someone's like uh, yelling or a uh, cat's meowing or something and they're recreating like a popular song like a, tr- mm. a classic you know uh, like a michael jackson song or something and they're using each sound from each meme as an instrument and it's and the video is a collage of all of this um just like I know what you had to do in order to get this <laughs> and you are a brave soul. And I don't know, besides like online admiration, everything you use is copyrighted. So you're not making money, but you've uh, displayed your talent and I'm impressed. <laughs> are you also impressed with those um, replacement type memes? Like, the B movie, but every time it says B, it's like the loudest version of it. Someone yelling B, and you know they went through the entire movie and replaced every single instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's some stuff that's very simple and very like facepalm, but because it's like eh, it's funny, fine. I think, uh, like, like I I, I like every type of meme sometimes if the meme's not good but the video works good i'll give it a like Mm. just just because of that because i'm like you know what they did a really good uh job with the video i think the first video meme i saw in terms of an edit uh these are two memes that were like uh, my favorite and they probably still are one is uh, the shooting star meme do you know that one yeah so like somebody falls and then they like <laughs> the music kicks in and they're like going through space and dimensions just like in their looping phase. Uh, some of them are really crudely done and it's like, okay, you did it just for the meme. But some of them are so like well looped that it's like, yeah, I can I can groove to this. This is funny. Hmm. Or uh, or the um, the perfectly timed cuts. Those are good. So, like, one example is uh, the Lahu Akbar one, (laughs) or any general (laughs) explosion one. Like, oh, Uh here's a fat cat. Oh, he's sliding, he's about to fall, and boom, cut to a cabin exploding. (laughs) But the the cut is so seamless, so perfect, 
that it it uh, it feels real, even though it's obvious it's a different scene. But the timing and the flow of it makes it makes it deliver, you know. Mm. So I'm really inspired by those. Like I, I want to experiment with memes one day. I just uh, have to find the time for it. Mm. <laughs> Actually, we we kind of did that back in the day, didn't we? Yeah, when the when we were like waiting for exports or whatever, we would take snippets of what the speakers said mm-hmm. and and pitch shift them, make it sound like they're arguing <laughs> with each other. Oh yeah, or with themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, we had fun with the premiere <laughs> pitch shifter. Was my favorite, I think. Oh man, yeah, taking stuff out of context is something we did a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you. I remember a few internal company meme videos you could call them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well we had we had one guy uh like I did an Alakwak bar meme once with uh we had a presenter that was like taking a break on the couch and the camera was still rolling and he had a fly land on his knee and someone came and swatted him. <laughs> So I timed like right on the SWAT, like an uh, an explosion. Oh man, everyone loved it. Everyone, even the bosses. Uh, probably one of my best memes I did back then. Do you have any of those saved on uh, your personal computer? Or are they all lost? No, they were just silly things we did at work. So those stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, one thing. What's what's something that inspired you that blew your mind? Not like oh that's so cool, but like how it's impossible. How I can't even begin to think. Have you ever had one of those? Mm. You you can maybe reference like pre your video career. I remember being pretty blown away when I watched um, Jurassic Park. So I was a, I was too young to watch it when it first came out. But um, I remember <laughs> specifically the night that my parents let me watch it. And I was just like, my jaw was on the floor watching the whole thing. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, how did they get these realistic dinosaurs in this movie? What, that are, was, what uh, are they called? Animatronics? Well, it was a mix. It was like, yeah, some animatronics, some CGI... And when in a lot of the CGI, uh, they filmed it, they were smart about it. So, you know, with their limited technology, they would do it like at night mm-hmm. with limited lighting, and then they'd cut intercut with the animatronics and the CGI. So it really felt grounded. So, I mean, when I was <laughs> 11 or 12, whenever I watched that movie, I wasn't thinking that, but I just remember being fully immersed. And I was like, wow, this is insane. I've had that, uh, this feeling uh, of like completely blown away when, when I've first seen like a trippy effect in a video or like uh, an, an abomination creation or I don't know how to describe it. There's this one YouTuber, uh, Syriac, uh, like C-Y-R-I-A-K, I think. Um, or the I and the Y might be switched. I can't remember correctly. I haven't watched him in a couple years, but this this is just a dude in the UK that just decided to film himself and in using After Effects. And he has see this is what I mean. Like this guy is just talented with After Effects. Like he can take your one hand and take your individual finger and segment them into their own sequence or their own pre comp pre composition. And build something out of it. They can build a dog figure with, and and your fingers are like the tail and the tongue and everything. And it's just like this abomination walking. It's a dog made from a thousand of your fingers, you know? And I was just watching this. I'm like, what? How? What? What? I'm just blown away in, in, in like shock. Like how? I've never seen anything like this. Nobody ever does this. This is insane. This is disgusting. 
This is brilliant. <laughs> so many emotions. <laughs> I know. It's like maybe, maybe a horror movie could use that. I think the closest I've ever seen to a movie actually having an effect like that was one of the Avengers uh, movies uh, where Doctor Strange goes into the microverse or the somewhere in, I don't know, where in deep space in between time and space. Or I, I can't remember exactly what the context was, but um, he was like tripping out and like his hand had like 10 fingers and, and at, from one finger, another hand with more fingers would grow and it would just be a constantly evolving tree. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. I was looking up if, if, if they hired him and actually all of his uh, YouTube subscribers were like, Oh dude, did you see the, this thing in the movie? They did a pretty good job, but you could do better. They should hire you. <laughs> and it's also more impressive. I think with him, the fact that it's just him doing it, like you could hire a team mm. of 10 people, assign them all different parts to it and they could all stitch it together. But the fact that it's just him, one mm. brain, you know, one program, one mm. piece of footage, like a hand, and he can turn it into something so crazy. Yeah. Man, yeah. Have you ever had someone request that you imitate a style? Like a client that says, ooh, we want you to do this style. Um, yeah, like I've had clients send me an inspiration video where they're like, this is what we're going for. Mm. And, you know, trying to emulate that. So, yeah, I've had that before. Um, not like a famous movie or anything like that, but just like, you know, mm -hmm. we want to do a a tour showcase in this building, and here's we want to have a host who's walking around. And so I'm like thinking, okay, yes, they're using a, a gimbal. They have the person mic'd up and talking. So I'm just like take the basics and can apply that to their video. Hmm. Uh, but not like a, a visual or editing style not really hmm. have you i think i had one in mind but listening to you i lost it because <laughs> <laughs> that's why i kind of asked the question because i'm like oh i have one um I'm trying to remember now which one was it i don't think it was the wedding ones uh, i like i had i had a corporate <sighs> well i had something kind of in between like i had a client that thought he wanted that video but his friends talked him out of it so like um it was for this um like a fitness center a gym uh and they showed me okay this is how another gym did their promo i like the music i like the can you do something like this and that was my baseline uh like okay it has to match this as much as possible to make the client happy and i did it and I loved it, but there's something, and they can't put their finger in it. There's something, it's good, it's exactly what I asked for. And what they ended up doing is they asked four or five of their friends, and they identified that the style of that video didn't match. That style wouldn't apply to his setting, because his setting, his gym was more industrial, like, um, rugged or i don't know how to express it the the, the, gritty. the gritty yeah thank you okay uh i always appreciate when you help my esl brain <laughs> <laughs> express words because the 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 reference video was very clean plain white bright walls and a huge like uh glass wall with like natural light and this one was like no windows everything's like neon light inside uh, it looked like you were inside a garage or in a back alley or something. So they identified, the friends identified like, yeah, you need different music. You can't go with this orchestral epic music. You have to do go something different. So I'm like, okay, well, help me pick, <laughs> help me pick. Uh, like, so I would give the client uh, the stock uh, audio website. And I'm like, you look for something, I look for something, and let's pick something together. Uh, the bad thing about that was I had to re-time all the cuts to the new beat. Ah, uh, yeah. So that was a bit of a pain. Uh, but that's definitely that was definitely a learning uh, 
moment to uh, to realize that yeah, the project was a creative thing, and despite the client giving me creative input, I should have had the hindsight uh, or the knowledge then, but I have it now. Um, but luckily, the client was cool about the little oops, yeah. I guess that makes sense. We should use a different song because it wouldn't match the foot, the, the visual. Um, so sometimes if a client asks for a style, you should explore that style and ask yourself as many questions about it as possible to see if it would fit or not. Um, and, and I guess that applies for personal stuff too. Like, oh, I, I watch that style and I'm going to do it to my video but it's never going to be as good as the original style. And the original style had a certain context that it was applied to. You know what I mean? So that's, that just brings it back to like, that's why I like, sometimes I'm like put off by like trying to develop a style. Cause, um, cause like if I try and imitate someone, I already know that it's not going to be as good as they did it just because. <laughs> mm. Do you think it could be a starting point? Yeah. If you can kind of imitate that one, then you can go from there and explore the different variants. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come back to what we said earlier, like evolving it or adding your own personal touch to it. You know, like, okay, I'll, I'll do the main gist of it, but I'll add this extra thing or I'll make it look different by doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, that definitely uh, motivates me to tackle it on at that point. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, being creative. It's, it's not something that you can pinpoint. There's multiple, as we discussed, there's multiple ways, direct ways you can look for it. Sometimes you have to notice it in places where you haven't looked at um, some stuff is really popular and really overused. Can you still use it? Can you twist it in your own way? I, I think uh, the way you put it was uh, really good. Like you have to uh, experiment with it. You have to try it. You have to go for it. You won't know and you won't develop something new if you don't try. Right. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, and just mm -hmm. the act of doing it might inspire you further, just like going through that process. So if you if you always see a style or something, and you're like, eh, I'm never going to be able to do it as good as that, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to edit or like shoot like Steven Spielberg or, you know, James Cameron. Mm. I mean, <laughs> you're never going to make those mistakes that you're going to use to grow and learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Dorn, that's our, uh, I think that's something we should both work on with our, we both have limited time, but yeah. uh, trying to insert those little creative bits of trying different techniques, learning new little things with uh, the projects that we're already working on. Mm -hmm. when, yeah. when we can afford to do that. Yeah, maybe maybe we could uh, have it as a future segment, uh, you know, uh, like, ooh, you know what, Th this week I, I played around with this setting or this plugin and I achieved a cool effect and I want to share it with you, Nate. That'd be cool if we uh, incorporated that in uh, into this podcast. Yeah. Because I know another thing we wanted to incorporate was... Um, like every time we get some new gear to talk about it, and I think both of us have uh, made purchases recently, and we have uh, a bit of time left. So you want to talk a little bit about what what equipment you just bought? Sure. Okay. Uh, so I got the DJI RSC2 gimbal. Mm -hmm. And so I've used a few different gimbals before, like the Moza Air and the Zhiyun Crane. Um, but this is uh, the first one that I've bought and not rented. So I've been testing it out, uh, done a couple shoots with it, and it's pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, I really like uh, the built-in 
tripod that folds up at the bottom. I know that's kind of a standard feature with gimbals, but I like that. Uh, the camera control cable works, which is new for me. The other ones that I, I rented, um, the USB cable that connects to the gimbal didn't communicate. Mm. Uh, so I'm really finding the there's like a dial on the back where you can set it to adjust different camera settings. So I have it set to adjust ISO. So if I'm going to a brighter or darker, I can just adjust that without having to like hold it, you mm -hmm. know, go into the camera settings. Cause with Sony, the, the alpha cameras, it's not super easy to change the ISO by default. Right. So you have a so, a seven three that you're using with a gimbal. Yeah, that's right. And you have compatibility between the two and they communicate. Yeah. And there's a little record button right near where my thumb sits near the joystick. So I, again, I don't have to reach up, push record oh, yeah. and go back holding it. So that's super handy. Yeah, I still have my uh, original Mozza Air from three years ago. And yeah, sometimes I have to put the gimbal down, press record, but I also have to put a finger in front of the camera so that the motors aren't like thrown off by me pushing uh, the record on the camera. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, yeah. Uh, if, uh, if this year goes good, uh, uh, I would definitely want to get that gimbal as well. Um, Sweet. Did you get anything else? Yeah. Uh, no, that was it. That's kind of my, my latest thing I'm practicing with and using in projects right now. What about your sweet PC, man? Come on. That's part of, that's part of your, uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's part of your gear. It's your editing unit. I suppose so. Yeah. So, uh, I've been editing off of a, an old 2012 MacBook pro until a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I got it like 2013. So at the time it was, oh, yeah. it was fat. It would do the job at, you know, editing 720 and 1080p. But, um, this last year I've been shooting more in 4k hmm. and it is just impossible to edit. Yeah. It is absolutely brutal. And like, it would take me hours to export just a regular video, you know, a simple color grade put on it. And it was just, and that's like, a laptop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so fifteen-inch MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now now you can use that for on-site uh, like uh, footage review. Yeah, so it's still useful to have the portability, but mm -hmm. um, you know, with the pandemic and everything, working more from home, it was uh, that was a factor. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, for a few different reasons, I decided to go for a, a PC. A uh, tower PC that now I've got a 12 core CPU, oh my. <laughs> uh, 64 gigs of RAM, oh. uh, a, a decent NVIDIA graphics card, the 3070. So it, uh, and I've been doing some testing and it, it renders easily like probably about 10 times as fast wow. exporting from Premiere. So yeah. from the limited testing I've done so far, it is it just screams yeah so it, it saves you money uh, or sorry it saves you time and uh and it, yeah. and it brings in money because you have you can do more projects faster because of faster export times yeah mm -hmm. and now i can actually work with 4k mm. without stuttering and having to worry about all that stuff it's just like oof. awesome nate yeah well those, those are some solid and big investments so uh uh, congrats, and I really hope those uh, bring your uh, work to the next level. Definitely yeah, sounds like they did, yeah. Yeah, and now, you know, we can. I can do screen recordings. I couldn't even record my mm. my screen and do anything else on the, the, the old laptop. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I got some tutorials I want to shoot. It's like, oh, well, the program won't actually run properly if I try to record it. So yeah. Use up all the CPU. <laughs> yep. Yeah, what about you? What's your latest uh, purchase? I uh, I got my first drone, the DJI Mini 2, which blows my mind on how light and small and uh, feature-packed it is. Like, this thing is so small. It's smaller than my, than my uh, Galaxy S8. Uh, one folded and it's only 249 grams like that's lighter than your cell phone i was like wow this thing is insane 
but it goes, you know, it's got speed and it's got range and it's got a 4K and stabilized gimbal and actually flew it just three days ago in like really strong wind and it just, no problems, you know? Mm. Like I didn't want to get into the drone business because prior to uh, the mini, uh, there's regulations and certifications and courses and uh, stuff like it's a huge money investment besides the drone. Uh, and uh, specifically where we are in Canada, you have to every time you fly it, you have to contact Transport Canada and the closest like um air traffic control tower and it takes weeks and weeks to get permits but with this thing because it's under 250 grams you bypass all of that and the only requirements is don't be reckless don't hurt people don't invade privacy other than that good to go man Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah because it's like okay i just have to fly it and master it and not be an idiot about it and uh basically i decided to go this route because it's something that it's easy to pick up it's not a huge investment but it still offers good quality like it shoots 4k at 100 megabits a second that's pretty good the sensor's kind of small so you can't use it in like dark situations but anyway uh mm-hmm. you're not allowed to fly in the dark anyway you need a different type of certification and you need to add lighting components to your drone and that's like another problem um mm. ooh, my light flickered on me threw me off for a second <laughs> um but yeah no, i know i flew it a couple of times and it's amazing and uh the, the reason why i got it was because i had uh, every year i've had clients inquire about drone services and last year i had like three or four people that i knew would have been like big money and i'm like uh i but but then this thing came out and i'm like oh okay 600 bucks for 4k drone 30 minute fly 10 kilometer radius which is insane uh that's obviously line of sight so realistically you're never going to do that but i flew it a kilometer away and it was terrifying oh yeah (laughs) because this thing is so small if it's 100 meters in the air you're already struggling to see it if it's Mm. a kilometer away you're just trusting the gps and the like okay return to home go to the preset height, come to me. Oh, there it is. Because uh, I learned uh, I learned that birds don't like drones, and they attack them, and you can lose a drone to a crow. Did your drone get attacked by a crow? No, it didn't, but I am aware that that is a good possibility. Oh. Eagles, drones, or, or sorry, eagles, crows, uh, uh, seagulls, uh, hawks, if you look up drone that gets attacked you'll see there's <laughs> so many the wind is your last worry with the drone <laughs> so uh yeah i'm looking forward to spicing up uh, my video services uh, um the application for this would be real estate uh maybe a few uh weddings would require the extra fancy stuff um corporate uh, most of my requests last year was was for corporate stuff like ooh, can you film our construction site from uh, eagle's eye view to get that top-down view of what we're doing like Mm. i can recommend a drone guy and clients actually like that they like a one-stop shop like oh you offer photography and video and drone oh good i don't have to look elsewhere and that saves them time and headache because then they have only one person to deal with and only one person that um, is in charge of everything. So either, you know, I mess up everything <laughs> or, or everything's great, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my latest, yeah. latest edition, uh, DJ Mini 2, which um, is awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. I'm putting off uh, upgrading the computer for a couple of years. Well, you got what one what four years ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly four years ago. So it's a GTX 1070 graphics card, a uh, quad core uh, 7600K Intel. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah, it does the job. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Cool. 
Cool, so that was uh, our update with our gear, and I think uh, we've uh, explored our inspiration for the time being. Um, I guess in the future, if we have, like I said, something inspiring or something cool that we've done, we can share it with each other and uh, do a little segment about it. But I think that was yeah. uh, that was a good run today, and uh, I do feel inspired uh, by, what, by what we discussed to try new things. It was a good mm. reminder of like, yeah, remember all these things that inspire you? Keep doing it. Keep, keep doing it. Keep working at it. Keep uh, in, uh, innovating your style. Yes. So let's see that this year, Nate. Let's just let's ramp up our style. Especially me. <laughs> that doesn't have one. <laughs> Find a style. <laughs> Find a style. All right. So... Um, yeah, that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you very much for watching uh, and listening. Uh, leave a comment or a message about what topics you would like to uh, us to discuss. Uh, maybe give us a suggestion, um, challenges that you would like us to do. We're still working on that rain uh, <laughs> filming challenge. It's been uh, it's been the holidays here, so uh, we, both of us were really tied up. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like we're going to be done with that pretty soon. Uh, just waiting for some rain now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, or tell us who your inspirations are. You know, I'm always looking for new inspiration and people to inspire me. Um, and be sure to subscribe, not to miss an episode of the Nate and Doran podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you, you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, this has been Nate and Doran. Thanks for watching and listening. <laughs>